every single thing that happened has happened and every single decision I've made has led me to this point when I have mm-hmm. the right, I, I can, I can exponentially uh, build from this moment out. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. I've got a very special one for you guys today. I've got someone that I align with that I feel like in time I'm going to be able to consider a brother after we get to spend some more time together. We're involved in several different masterminds together, and the alignment is real, y'all. I've got Scott Ramage today. He's the owner of Media Machine Virtual Assistants, Brotherhood of the Fatherhood, and Buffalo Collective Mastermind a lot of purpose-driven businesses. Scott sets the example for other men via his group and his mastermind, as well as is an expert in leveraging virtual professionals in business. Scott, welcome to the show, brother. Well, well, thank you very much. That was an amazing intro. Absolutely, man. I, could, I couldn't do anything less for you, brother. So <laughs> I've heard the term BAs all over the place, virtual assistants. You know, I have three of them myself. But one of the things that I appreciate about your onboarding form is you put in virtual professionals. And I always feel silly calling my team virtual assistants because, you know, I've got a social media director on my team. I've got a systems director and then a, um, a systems builder is, is their titles. And they are so much more than assistants. So I'm guessing that's why you use that term. Yeah. You know, as I've kind of, traveled through this journey of leveraging VAs, we'll use VAs for a second, mm-hmm. and really have really dove into the, just the, the whole pool of amazing people available. And the more I got to know them and use them, I realized these are people that are so dedicated to what they're doing. When you find the right mindset, when you find the right team member, the dedication is above and beyond. And one thing I feel like, and not to knock our culture, but there's not a lot of people that act professionally, work professionally, and really go all out. And I've just been blown away over and over and over again at the professional level of a very good VA. And I was talking with my lead VA, Chloe, and she's like, you know, we're, it, I love uh, that we're really giving a lot of opportunities to Filipino virtual assistants and that conversation evolved. And within like 10 minutes, we, we landed on virtual professional. And from that moment on, we've worked really hard to integrate it into our, our language with the team directly with all of the VPs, not, not VAs, VPs that we work, we have, we contract with, and it's just been an incredible journey. And I believe it lifts them up as well. And it really exudes exactly what's going on professionalism i think that's fantastic and i we are immediately going to start doing that and trying to it it, it's tough to rework the terminology because that's the understood nomenclature right um but i think it's a necessary evolution because they have they've become team members they've become in in my mind employees in every sense of the word and um they've enabled us to do some amazing things in our business and it's not because they're cheaper it's because 
like you just said, the the dedication to work, the professionalism, like you have to peel them back like a layers of an onion because they're going to maintain that professionalism. You know what I mean? Because they're, they've been trained to do so by all the different, you know, fortune 500s that I've hired them in the past. And now that they're, it's becoming more common for them to work for small businesses and they're understanding their worth. Uh, I think, uh, I think moving to that, to that nomenclature is, is a lot more important and, and, and you are, they become part of your culture. And now, you know, I know who's got kids and who's taking care of several generations of their family and, and all that kind of good stuff. Who's working on their diet and exercise. Who's, who's doing G code, you know, who's doing all these different things that we've integrated into. So go ahead. One of the things that really sits with me is when I first started my very first agency, which is still in operation, um, that is completely ran by my Philippine team, which is insanely awesome. So built a business, an entire business, and that's just running over here. I'm just leading it. And uh, what, what really kind of stuck at that point is we had clients coming in and, and utilizing our team. And I started to notice almost a dehumanization that was occurring on a lot of, on a, on a lot of levels. And so I had to like sit back and start to really work with the client on, Hey, this is a human they're performing at top level for you. And so I had to work really hard at education and it was like these clients would come back and like, I can't even believe I sounded like that. I can't believe I talked to the, you know, the virtual professional that way. And so for, for me, it's also this point of, I want to really educate just because they live somewhere else does not mean, or they live in a place where the pay is much different. Mm-hmm. That doesn't dehumanize them. They're right. educated. They're super professional. What I love about uh, sourcing from the Philippines specifically is that culture of their, their loyalty and the honesty. And they do have this like separation they they perform at a very professional level but over time you can peel back that onion and get to on a personal level and man that's where the real magic happens so a lot of it was education as well no i couldn't agree more and that's that's fantastic that you're doing that because it is i mean i've seen other services where they operate it's very volume based very transactional you know and i I just don't think you know us small businesses at least at the seven-figure level like to operate that way. I mean, we want to feel like everybody in our company is part of the culture. So what are some of the, the sales related VA leverage you've seen working for you or for your clients? So, oh, sales related, it goes all over the place. So mm-hmm. we, we've started to kind of, what we do is we look, we talk to the client or potential client and ask them exactly what they think they need. And then we kind of work with them and, and build out, you know, that profile of what we want. And we have uh, a, quite a few appointment setters. And so okay. they're, they're following up on warm leads or forms filled out and, and making phone calls or texting, messaging, whatever the case may be, and setting appointments. There is a large BPO industry. I'm sure you know this, but the BPO industry is like the phone industry for, yeah. let's say, you know, Amazon, um, Verizon, all, all those companies and they train in these big centers how to, to how to answer phones, how to have conversations via text. And they also train in English and there's a lot of explo- exposure. Well, mm-hmm. the truth is when they work in those BPO industries, there's three things that happen. One, 
they work graveyard. Okay, so they're accustomed to using working graveyard. Two, they work on a, at a location in the Philippines. Philippines is a ton of little islands, and it's yeah. it's very populated in certain areas where these BPO um, industries are run or these places are run. And the commute, I talked to somebody that said her commute was four hours one way to, to work. And so she would literally sleep there and work through the week and then go home. So it's typical about an hour plus per way. So you're adding two hours to your day, working graveyard, two hours, and then the pay is really low. So now in the sales, you've got these people who are, who are trained on how to communicate. They're trained on how to be professional in their communication skills, verbally and Mm. written. And so when, when someone comes in and says, Hey, I want somebody to answer the phones or I want somebody to do cold calling or, um, you know, appointment setting we have this amazing opportunity to offer. We're like, Hey, you can work from home. You can use yep. the skills you've already learned and you're not going to have that commute. You're still going to be working graveyard because you need to work on our clients. Um, yeah. You know, hours, but the opportunity is so massive for them and, and they're making far more money and it's, it's incredible. So setters, um, mm-hmm. cold callers, um, follow up appointment, you know, just, yeah making sure the appointments uh, or they're reminded of their appointments, that type of things, those types of things. Yeah. I mean, the most obvious is the appointment center, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're working through all the leads, the inbound leads and stuff like that. And they're converting them into appointments. Um, but I think the not obvious is something that I do with my clients a lot, which is the uh, CRM campaign, right? And it's not just emails and texts that are automated. It's also the phone calls out to the customer normally, your salesperson or your closer would handle that. But if we can take some of that leverage and give that to the call center person, and it's something that, you know, we're either setting the appointment for the first time through follow-up or we're resetting the appointment that they didn't show up for in the first place, then I think it creates a lot of uh, ROI there, I would say. Huge. And we, we hire salespeople. They're good at making sales. Mm-hmm. But what we don't really often realize is that chasing the lead, they're not good at like, probably the office side of it of rescheduling yeah. following up um and and all those little minor details and where was a post the other day that you interacted in mm-hmm. where the guy's like hey my team hates producing their own leads and, and yeah. you know there's a lot of ways to skin that but i was thinking well why are they doing it? are they really good closers then have somebody yeah. else getting it all set up for them and yeah. so so often this happens in so many businesses. I come from the fitness industry where gym owners try to make their, their trainers also do the back admin and the reporting yeah. and social media. It's so many business owners will take this person. This person's really good at something and they'll mm-hmm. try to wrap them into so many roles like, Oh, yeah. you're so good. Why don't I add this? And you can get more work by doing this and before you know it, that person sucks at everything yeah. because you're draining them of all their energy when you could really just focus them in and get the most ROI from them and give them the most joy in their work. Yeah. And so many people, like you said, they take two positions and smash them into one, you know, oh, yeah. and if you want an efficient closer then you're not going to make them do all the, the prep work and the appointment setting and the follow-up work, you're going to outsource that to somebody that costs a lot less because it is, it's very scripted, very automated. It doesn't take a whole lot of salesmanship on the front end. The salesmanship happens when it's time to get the credit card number, you know? Right. And so, um, and then if you can do live transfers, that's even better. Right. Where absolutely, you know, that closer is ready to go. They're following up on leads and then you do a live transfer and there they are right then and there. And so that could be pretty huge too. I think a business needs to understand 
their well they know they need to understand their their team they need to understand where they shine and what pulls their energy from them i want to i want to put a warning out here that actually hurts me a little bit is that just because someone tell it is telling you you need a va does not mean you are ready for a va or a vp it also does not mean it's right for your business so i want to take a step back like i could find a vp position in your business right now that would give you massive leverage no doubt about it. But I was on the phone with somebody not too long ago. And they're like, hey, everybody's telling me I need a VA. I'm like, okay, well, let me talk to you. And we kind of unraveled, kind of pulled back the layers of the onion. And his core, core values were to hire a local, not just in the United States, but to hire yeah. a local. I'm like, look, man, why go down this road if it's not in alignment with your core values? So there's yeah. a lot of things you have to look at. You have to look at your business structure. You have to look at what your core values are. And like, if your core values, if it's not an alignment, I'm the last person you want to talk to because that's just yeah. not something you should do. Hundred percent, I couldn't agree more. How do you handle the? Oh, but what about their accent objection? Uh, it's, it's been very interesting. I got <laughs> <laughs> I got that from um, a client mm -hmm. about two months ago. And I didn't answer. I was really quiet because he had a really strong accent. And he's oh, he asked man. me that question. <laughs> I just sat there. I was like stumped on how to answer in a very nice way. And he right. he stopped and he goes, well, I guess I should ask myself that question. <laughs> it, was, it was so amazing. But, you know, really, like, yes, in some small town rural areas, maybe yeah. like home-based business, that's incredibly important. Like, you can't call into a rural Alabama community mm -hmm. with a strong accent and really ex expect the same pickup or, or interest level that you would get if there wasn't a Southern accent. We just have to be real about that. Yeah. But, but we do have clients come and say, Hey, look, accent's a big deal to me. And I'll be mm -hmm. like, okay, here's what we do. We're going to actually have each candidate we get through. We go through hundreds because we put yeah. an ad out for every position. We're going to have every candidate that you bring forward and that we vet and get to the final stages, record a message for you. They're going to record a mm -hmm. video and you're going to hear them. If it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. And yeah. they'll come back and they're like, I cannot believe it. They speak so well. I can't, I probably, if my eyes were closed, I probably couldn't even tell. And yeah. so there is that skill level out there. Sometimes it costs a little more because they know that that is a, a, a very yeah. valuable skill level, but, um, or a sought after skill, but it's, it's a pretty easy objection to overcome. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And I mean, when we're talking volume, when we're talking lower price products, maybe not the 50, $60,000 products, it, it becomes easier and easier. You yeah. know, at that point, it's like, Hey, I'm just scheduling an appointment or, um, I'm just, you know, basically answering a few questions and then sending you to the funnel or whatever the case is. So it's, it's weird because there's just a lot that we talk to that you wouldn't even know. Like yeah. uh, they've been through the BPO industry, you know, answering phones and mm -hmm. talking to Americans so much that they've integrated that into their speech. Mm -hmm. And then there's some who, you know, their family moved to the, uh, to the middle East and we're working there and they were growing up in English speaking and they just yeah. don't have, this is just so common. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I got lucky and I had, um, my, my first VA hire, which I had just, it wasn't fair. The experience I had, it was so good. Right. So I, so I sourced <laughs> them here. from another company and it was, uh, you know, Jose Sanchez and, uh, Brandon and they, they had double X digital and they had her working in uh, customer service. 
And so um, she she went to school in the U.S. first of all. So oh yeah, yeah. and then yeah. she went back home, and uh, um, so she had been doing customer service for a couple of years. She had some medical issues or whatever, and so she couldn't work anymore. And then by the time that I came around and asked, you know, Jose to source one for me, he's like, well, I've got the perfect one. You know, she wants to come back to work. And, you know, he tried to get her back for me like six months later. And I'm like, nope, I'm not letting her go. <laughs> and yeah. she's just been fantastic ever since. And she she leads um, when it comes to like managing our VP team. I'm going to get better at this. When it comes to managing our VP team, she she handles that. You know what I mean? So she's a manager. She's a, a systems director. She sees the big picture. And now she's building out um, go high level funnels for us. Yeah. And in my opinion, better than, you know, some of my partners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, it's, it's also my vision that she's painting. So. Right. A, the, a lot of people put restrictions on their mind on what can mm -hmm. be accomplished by somebody else. So I still have my very first hire like very first hire she's still she's like a jack of all trades jacket i guess mm -hmm. jill she can do yeah. everything video editing content creation um social media management copywriting yeah. i mean she just does everything and i just was wow is this what everyone's like but the truth is not but she's right. been elevated and and she's doing so much you know my other in my other business she's delivering massive value to our clients mm -hmm. and then what i don't think people understand is you can literally get an integrator for your business you can yeah. literally get uh you know executive assistants really one of the low hanging fruit if you've ever read the book buy back that back your time mm -hmm. it's very new and it talks about how to lay out an executive assistant that's a okay. game changer. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is when you get an executive assistant before you know it, if you do things right, it literally becomes almost like an entrepreneur in your business. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they're two steps ahead of you. They hey, develop. I was looking at the website and some of the copy is a little wonky and we've changed our service here. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is incredible. And yeah. I, we often, and a lot of our clients often put, limits on what they actually think they're going to get with the right person. There's a lot more you can get. And, and, you know, specialization is, is Massive. clutch, man. When, yeah. like when you place somebody in a very specialized role, they are then set up to exceed expectations. It's just incredible. And we partnered with um, Brian Alexander who, mm -hmm. who does Colby assessments and we've laid out like a, like these profiles. So yeah. all the candidates will come in, they'll take the um, Colby a test. We have mm -hmm. them go do Colby a it literally gives them a grade. You probably familiar with this. It gives them a, a score. Like they got an a plus for yeah. that role. And yeah. so that's just even brought it up to a whole new level where we, we don't only, we, we have science data. We have data that's science backed. That's, that's, been proven over time that's saying yeah this person's the right person we also use things i don't know if you've ever heard of the working genius assessment by patrick lincioni it's insanely cool and so they they come up with six working geniuses and they kind of hover around the integrator and visionary, visionary but it pulls like there's wonderment and there's um, enablement so someone who's able to build teams so we're using like this to even like hey you want a va that can lead a future team mm -hmm. And then we can go in and grab data and and get get all these assessments and find out like yeah this person is going to lead a team they're going to be so we're looking at their history but sometimes that history is a little 
curated. So yeah. we have to go well above and beyond, but like I think any other advocate in your business, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe worse. You got to go a little US applicants. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the crazy part is, you know, and I can already see this in, in my business. So we have a service called podcast partners and we've been building it out. We have four clients to start with and we're, you know, we're making sure that we're dialed in on the systems and everything, but you know, part of that service is a, uh, during podcast produced, like Ryan's producing this podcast right now. And um, so I told him, I was like, man, we got to build everything out. SOPs, get it all dialed in. And then you can hire more producers so that we can scale. You know, I mm -hmm. think one producer can handle probably eight to nine shows, somewhere around there. And so uh, that would be the perfect assessment to give them because eventually they've got a, the producer is the leader of the team, right? So you've right. got, the producer and then you've got uh the vps that are that are curating or that are editing content and putting that out on social media so he's almost the director in a sense and he's doing the, the show notes and stuff like that in terms of okay this is a good piece of content this is a good piece of content and then delegating that and so that person needs to be able to lead a team too yeah i think you have to treat it just like any any position you hire, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of people hire haphazardly. Yeah. There's so much more to it than just a smile and them saying the right things. So, and that, that is, that is very prevalent or relevant, mm -hmm. prevalent in the work that we do is making sure that it's the right person in the right seat. Uh, and I think that's been a little bit of a burn. There's some, you know, I know some other VA placement services that are phenomenal. Some of the, yeah. the owners, they're, they're incredible humans. I'll send someone to them any single day. I would never yeah. talk badly about them. And, but they're doing the work the right way. They're, they're yeah. not just saying, here's a body. And yeah. that's pretty prevalent in this market though. It's just yeah. like, Hey, I've, I've hired 15 people, so I'm going to train them up and then we're just going to slot them in. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you're missing. You're completely missing the boat here. <laughs> like the matching service, you know, yeah. it's like dating at a bar and just, you know, buying every, 10 girls you see their shots and hoping to grab one you know it's like, <laughs> you're not gonna get married that way yeah you know what yeah, i mean right. it's gonna be fast food fast food fun you know i think and so yeah go ahead that probably wasn't the greatest example but everybody it got it very fast <laughs> <laughs> go ahead yeah no I, uh i just there's there's uh just a lot of joy that comes and you i've i've heard this from you and i, I really mm -hmm. appreciate this about you is you speak very highly of your team Mm -hmm. And I knew that from the day one, I remember, cause we are in several masterminds together. Somebody was saying, Hey, like I came on and I presented to your mastermind. I just came as a guest and talked yeah. and, um, and someone on that call or before that call said, Oh yeah, I've talked, I've talked to Doug a lot about this because he's been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> and that's exciting to have people out there like no, this isn't, this isn't like, we talk so much about offload the meaningless work, offload the tedious tasks. And yeah. that's the lowest level. And that's incredibly important. Like it just yeah. an admin VA is incredible. And there's, I have VAs like, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, you know, you're really incredible. How would you like to do X, Y, and Z? I kind of fell into that trap of like, you can do more. You do this so well. Like, no, I just want to SOP and I just want to deliver. And they can yeah. do that all day long. But mm -hmm. I, from the very early, I saw that you had elevated 
your your use of your team, your your virtual mm -hmm. assistant team on a different level. And that gives credibility and people start to see a different picture of what can be, happen. You know, we're placing um, engineers. Like yeah. I, I placed an engineer a couple of weeks ago with a good friend of mine. He has a, an incredible company and he's like, he's working circles around my US based team. <laughs> he, uh, he's like, I, I have a whole new hiring plan now. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, his lead's always going to be in the US. So it, it, that's really yeah. cool. But um, yeah, it's just, no, it's sense. just amazing, man. I love it. I love this stuff. And podcasting, uh, I'm a little jealous. I've met Ryan. I've heard his voice on the other end. And, and <laughs> it's, it, I'm a little jealous. That's really, really cool that you are doing that and allowing uh, people to have uh, a producer that's really, yeah. You know, I've been doing podcasting, I think four years, mm -hmm. multiple hundreds of episodes for different podcasts. And yeah. it's a lot of work. Use somebody else. <laughs> Get yeah. somebody else to help you. It's a, it's a full-time job in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I got lucky that Ryan was part of the company when we started this thing. And so um, it was easy to give him a little bit and a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's just like, he's doing everything now. So. Yeah. And he's not on site with you, right? Yeah. He's right next to me. No, seriously. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. He's right next to me. Yeah. All right. Um, so the original position that we hired him for was, was front desk, but then I winded down my sales teams. And so, and he's got a, a, a music production background. And so it just, it just made sense, you know, that's awesome. and then he's kind of ran with it since. And that's the whole reason that we were even able to do this service is because he's been able to systemize that stuff. And then of course the, the BB team coming in and doing all the content and everything too. And then, you know, if you do it right, and this is the, the part people get nervous about, you set up a last pass, right? You put your social medias in the last pass, you put your, all your podcast content or your, your podcast connections in, in the last pass. And then you just let us take over. And, and you won't even have to think about it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You just got to approve maybe the first 30 days of posts just so we can get your style and everything. But after that, no, I don't even think about it. And, up until this week, because I've cut down on my video content a lot for good reason. But up until this week, we were putting out 12 to 15 pieces of video content a week. So I did that. And this is the beauty of it. You curate it for a while, right? You're like, hey, mm -hmm. no, I like this. I don't like this. Yeah. Um, so when I started my, this is how I got involved in uh, in VAs in the first place, is mm -hmm. I hired one to help me with my my podcast. It's like, I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. I wanted to go on YouTube, which I don't do anymore, but I wanted to go on YouTube. I wanted to video content. And there became a point where I was like, she's like, Scott, I literally have things scheduled every day for three years. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> uh, that's going to be outdated and weird. And so we had to pull it back. And because mm -hmm. I was having them create like 16 piece, 16 reels per episode. And I was doing two episodes a week. That's 32 pieces of valuable yeah. content and then they were also creating audiograms and mm -hmm. you know what we call quote cards <laughs> and, yeah. and i think people are so eager and hungry for content and so for like the brotherhood of fatherhood of the brotherhood of fatherhood content, uh, podcast and mm -hmm. i don't i want everybody when it comes to podcasting to have what you and i have yeah you literally get on I, I, I schedule my own people. I use a link. It's very, very low friction, right. you know, cause I like to have people I know, like you come on, you shared, you came and shared your story. It was phenomenal. One of the top episodes and 
I like to do that and I like to interview. So I want to show up, push record, and then I literally send a message to my team. And I'm sure this is how it works for you. You just shared that, you know, you got your last pass. They have the last pass. They can log into everything securely. And that's all I do. I don't even, I don't even prove or deny content anymore. I'm like, Hey, because I've curated that. Like, I like this. I like this. I don't like this spelling error here. And this is how it works with the VA. This is a tip for any of you guys out there going to get a VA or have a VA stop Mm -hmm. correcting things for them. So if, if they make a Canva slide for you and there's just a little tweak you want on it and you're thinking, Oh, I'm doing a favor. I'll just fix it. You're doing a dis you're doing yourself a disservice because what that what your missed opportunity is saying, Hey, on this slide, this word needs to say this instead of this, or I like this color better than this because you're training on you, you're training on you. And if you go do it, you're, you're not giving that opportunity opportunity to live, learn from you. So this yeah. it's very front loaded. But after that, like now, like the content that's written, um, is better than the content I write. Yeah. You know, they sure they use AI, but they know my voice Yeah, and, and it's been curated over time. And the, the reels, like if I ever want to uh, like a style change, I just say, Hey, here's a reel I really like. Let's, let's focus half of them this way and half of them, you know, Hormozy style or whatever. Yeah. And that's it. And like business owners, if you're doing a podcast, the ROI on getting a production company is insane because you mm-hmm. can then just record and do what you do best. And now you're sitting in the sweet spot where you're delivering, creating incredible content that's going to lead, lead you uh, people that align with you who are probably going to consider using your services at some place, or yeah. you're, they're going to see you as an industry expert. You're going to get referrals. Doug, I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales, hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales for my, for my podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And it's so, an amazing, it's an amazing sales tool. And then also a referral partner tool, an affiliate tool. Yep. You know, there's just, there, there, there's, there's so many things, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole on podcast. <laughs> I could do that all day long. Me too. But, I, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and one of the, one of the reasons we got set up the way that we did is we looked at the cost of a VA. Okay. So you can go out, you can learn podcasting right first and then learn production learn you know social media um editing and uh reels and content and all that and then you can teach a va coming in or maybe they already know how to do it you can teach them how to do it and train them and all that or you can hire one of us to do it and it's the same price as a full-time va would be right you know what I and, mean? yeah but yeah. you're getting you're getting that collective experience from four different people that are working on your project you know exactly. versus one that you're having to train in is only going to get as good as you get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Hey, like some people like to have their own person. What I would Mm -hmm. say for when you're evaluating whether to use a service, and I would almost exclusively say use a service for podcasts, unless it's going well beyond and you're going to use them for all of your social media management and you're going to, but where I talk to people about like, do you hire a service or do you hire a VA? It comes down to, do you culture mm-hmm. values? Do you want that? Is that role? Does it need to be engulfed in your culture and your values? And if it does, you need someone specific for you. Yeah. Now, in a podcast, the messaging can be spot on because you're the one talking. Now it's mm-hmm. just production. Now it's just post production. 
Um, but when it comes to sharing a message, you know, lead nurture or work output or whatever, yeah. that's where culture and them understanding your core values, learning core values, just like your, your, well, I sure hope you guys have core values if you're listening to this, yeah. but, um, <laughs> that's, so I've, I've had to work this because I actually have an agency as well. And, and I, when I, people come on, they sometimes come on for that agency or sometimes they come on for the VA, um, placement and i'm like how much are your culture and your values important to this role right i was like oh okay well then i'm going to point you in this direction right and so uh podcasts no man it's just they gotta they'll they'll figure out your voice and pick the right pieces of content that's a that's a really amazing skill too i'm sure you to really find the right pieces so Mm -hmm. and that takes lots of reps exactly like you said it takes uh, uh the reps in the front end eventually they get it and they have it down and they know when those moments happen, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking about brotherhood of fatherhood. So that mm-hmm. podcast and I have, have a, a group, the brotherhood of fatherhood. <laughs> I don't put much content into it. It's just mm-hmm. real clips and the little conversations that come in and here and there. And that's the beauty of it, right? Like there's mm-hmm. still content flowing on the Instagram page. There's still content yeah. flowing because it's all curated through podcasting and it's all put out and it's my messaging. And then when I want to have an event, I have stuff put out and people are interested because they understand what, what I'm about or what this group yeah. is about. And it's been a really easiest experience. way to get a group like that together for sure. So, yeah. so let's get into that a little bit. You know, that's um, obviously, I guess media machine is your main business and then Brotherhood of the fatherhood is more of an event based business. And then Buffalo collective, is that the Christian mastermind you told me about? Yeah, and that well, that one hasn't even been launched yet, and we're actually okay. going to rename it for a very funny reason. But mm-hmm. uh, Brotherhood of Fatherhood, so my bread and butter and my sole like real focus is Media Machine Virtual Assistance. Like mm-hmm. that is delivering incredible value to business owners. I get incredible energy out of that, and I love it. And there's this place where I will look at a business owner and I'll say, Oh, how is he doing that? And that, and that I bet he can't be, he cannot be good at all of them or she cannot be good at all of them. And I've had to battle that because brotherhood came before this business. And, and so that's a, I have to be very careful about how I talk about these. And so brotherhood for me is literally a, it's, it's a podcast Mm-hmm. And then I do events and I'll do, I'll do events in coordination with a few other guys. So I do events called men of the mountain, which mm-hmm. is with a couple other guys, Matt Chenard and Aaron Guyette. And that's a Christian based event for men and where we really focus in on marriage and um, leadership and parenting and then brotherhood and fatherhood, same stuff, non-Christian based. And it's one event a year at this point. And it's a big production, but I have other people doing it and it is not a distraction. And it's really important for me to delineate that as like, it's a passion project. It's like a vacation, right? A working vacation. And, um, that was born from my early entrepreneurial journey where I was working in the name of providing for my family Mm -hmm. when I wasn't, I was providing money and I wasn't providing anything else. I think you and I have some alignment there. Uh, and I just looked up one day and I was like, wow, I don't know my kids at all. And my wife is like, um, just on her own. We're living mm-hmm. like this parallel life. And fast forward to, you know, four years ago and I'm like, 
Scott, what it, how are you going to help other guys not one? I wanted a tribe of my own, right? I wasn't involved mm-hmm. in any masterminds and I wanted other men who were forward focused, who were leadership focused. And I tried, I looked into some other groups like the iron council with Ryan Mickler and all these things. I kept yeah. finding things that just didn't perfectly align with me. And my buddies was like, Scott, like you don't, you're not a follower. Like, so just create your own. And that was yeah. Josh price, my best friend. And he, um, He's like, he, he's the one that came up to turn brotherhood to father. And I'm like, that's brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't want it to be only about parenting. And that's been a, or being a father, because that's been a really tough journey because like guys will come in and they're like, you know, all they talk about is their kids, my kid's birthday. I'm like, yeah, crap. like who cares? Like, yeah. I, that's great for you to celebrate your kid's birthday. My whole it's thing is like, you. You, you so we yeah. talked about like the 100 principle when you when people talk about marriage i'll go down a little rabbit hole when they talk about marriage they talk about 50 50 and that's bs yes. it's complete bs like dude you are 100 you better give 100 to your wife you better yeah. dig in and serve 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 if you want a great marriage and maybe she'll come back with a high percentage as well okay so that's one of the things the other thing is that draw a circle around yourself if you want a better marriage, if you want to be a better father, if you want better kids, if you want to be a, have a better job, if you want to be a better leader, literally, I'm not figuratively, you can do it figuratively, literally stand in some gravel or dirt or snow, grab a long stick and do a tight circle and draw a circle around yourself. Take your camera, take a picture of that circle drawn around your feet. I have one of these on my phone and nice. put it somewhere prominent where you will see it. And then every time you see it, you, your mind goes to, the person inside of that circle is the only way that they're going to have a better marriage, better, better, you know, kids that turn into successful adults, mm-hmm. better relationships is to work on everybody inside of that circle and inside of that circle only. And so, so many men will be like, my wife needs to be better at this and she needs to be better at this. And I'm just going to say bullshit. No, you got to lead. You got to work on you, dude. And like that, that tide will raise the boats and so that's really my like dialed message is like, guys, get out, get over yourself and work on yourself so you can serve others better and lead better. And so that's been a really, uh, obviously a little bit of a passionate project of mine. And I love talking to guys like you who've kind of been put yourself through the ringer and you've come yep. full circle and you've learned the lessons. And um, it, it, it's turned into a group of mostly entrepreneurial men because that's just yeah. the circle. That's what you attract. Yeah. Yeah. So it's your track. So that's brotherhood and of fatherhood. I love the the circle metaphor too, because, you know, what I always say is the man in the mirror, Yep. you know, is responsible for all the good things and all the bad things in my life, you know? And it took me until, you know, I, I never really shied away from that. I think shying away from the, being a man of integrity was my issue, you know, mm-hmm. but as I got older, I, I projected that more, you know, when people would start complaining or start complaining about somebody else or co-worker or another competition and what they're doing and i'm like all that matters is the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror yeah you know they're yeah. directly responsible for all happiness all success all failure and all depression in your life you know and as soon as you realize true. that the better shape you'll be in and everybody needs to hear it no matter how successful uh, they are in their marriage, their their relationships, their work, their mm-hmm. business. You need to hear it. In fact, we were, I was at the um, Apex meetup last week, and Sammy had hosted a breakfast. If you don't know who Sammy is, he's very wise. He's very successful. And he pulled out this little thing from his pocket. He said, this, this right here has every answer to every problem I have. 
every single one. It just looked like a business card. And, yeah. And um, he turned it around. It was a mirror. And so it, it's kind of the same thing. Now, for me, and I, I have a feeling he's the same way. I believe that Christ should be a part of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but but when we're so outwardly focused, and I'm, I'm speaking to to married people or people in relationships right now, when yeah. we look at what's going wrong, we're so quick to point to the other person and where the real answer is right back at us. Yeah. And like, hey, look, I tell guys, this is a hard, hard message for a lot of guys. If your wife has cheated on you, mm-hmm. you have failed somewhere. Now she might have a little bit of craziness in her. You might be divorced or whatever, but yeah. but there is always, always something out there that will point back to you that you could have worked on that could have changed the path of, of that situation. And that's a really hard reality. So like even, you know, I got hit by the the hailstorm uh mm-hmm. and it, it my truck was parked outside it's my fault it's not the hail's fault it's not the weather's fault it's my fault um you know if i were to get t-boned in a in an intersection today mm-hmm. it would take a while but my focus would be on what could have i have done differently there's something some decision i made and sometimes things just happen they're weird but i don't think that you're ever going to live a happy life if you're always focusing on those things were happened to me Instead of yeah. like, hey, like, look, what did I do? You know, maybe mm-hmm. I was running late for an appointment. Um, yeah. You know, maybe I wasn't doing or, yeah. you know, maybe because that happened, you didn't get in an accident that would have led to your death. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> so many There's ways. a flip side to that too. Oh, yeah. So that's the that's the viewpoint of things happen for you instead of to you. Um, and that's, that's, you know, one of those mindset things. So that's really what I'm focused in. When I bring guys together for events, we're shooting guns, we're learning jujitsu, we're going on, you know, rucks in the mountain, we're snowshoeing in really deep snow in British Columbia. We're doing that type of stuff, but the real meat and potatoes is the fireplace talk. This is a fire talk. Like I'll come and I'll, I'll present on, you know, something I'll bring a guy in and he'll talk about developing personal core values and family core values. That was insanely awesome. We did that last time. And a lot of the guys had already done the work, but then when you do it again, like, Ooh, like, you know, you get to a new deep level. So, and, and it's all based around vulnerability guys getting vulnerable and realizing like, Hey, I thought I was the only one that had kind of a really screwed up X, Y, and Z. And then someone over here, no, we're not doing anything alone. I think I posted about that today. Yeah. Is, there's no problem that someone else hasn't gone through and solved none ever. So whatever you're facing, someone's been through it. Yeah. Yeah. And conquered it at some point. Right. So when we roadmap for you, exactly. So when we get together, we can lay a roadmap for each other in the places where we need it. So yeah, yeah. a little passionate about that, but uh, media machine is definitely where 99% of my time is spent. No, that makes a ton of sense. When is y'all's next event that you've got coming up that maybe they can, you know, listeners can look into? Yeah. So there's supposed to be one in October and October is a crazy month. So I might actually have to duck out of that one. That's the Christian based one. Um, Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be in Colorado. And then I will likely do another one in Montana. I've done one in Montana this previous September and then this June, and I'll probably do another one in September next year because uh it's less busy there it's easier to fly in and out and not 
it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. But what we haven't done while we were there is we haven't gone to Glacier. And I experienced a figure, figured out a way to go to Glacier without it being um, that peak, like fighting traffic and everything. So Glacier was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, You're seeing video now if you're watching this. It, yeah. Dude, we had some insane like uh, shotgun tactical experience. Like, And the yeah, last I thing... Asked. The last part was we literally did a run through the forest guided and there were targets, good and bad, in the forest. Mm -hmm. And they're like, your family, they're like, you're in a building, your family is down there and you have to kill the good and bad. You have to make your way to them. The way that the guy that ran this, Aaron Guyot ran this, um, every guy that you went through it alone with him, every guy Mm -hmm. that did that was like, I literally had that fight or flight all of the things i had to down regulate because when he was painting this picture the storyline and by the time you're like i'm locked and loaded going you literally felt like your family was on the other end of that i remember going through that in the vision it was insane (laughs) you can see here we were at a big old um property with it with a huge lodge we just we just it, it it it's insane. It's it's awesome. But I think September is the next one. Okay. Um, I'll start planning it in a few months. You can go to thebrotherhoodoffatherhood.com and you'll be able to, to get updates there. There's a, there's an email list and the only thing we push out is the events. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so get on that email list and then of course it's in the show notes and everything for you guys yeah. to be able to do that. Okay, last question. Um, what what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? And the, like the forever question. <laughs> so the, uh, I'm 50, so I'm not a young buck and mm-hmm. I've lived a lot of my life kind of like paycheck to paycheck and regret mm-hmm. a lot of things. But now I've learned not to regret. I've, I've learned to every single thing that happened has happened. And every single decision I've made has led me to this point when I have mm-hmm. the right I, I can I can exponentially uh, build from this moment out. So mm-hmm. legacy, I think of it as I want to raise future successful adults. And so I always think about my kids now. So I have teens. My kids now, how will they be as adults? So the legacy I want to live is kind of what my dad has put in forth for me. I want my my boys to turn into men who serve God first, then their wife, and then the rest of their family and work and finances. That's going to be, and they know this inside and out because my dad modeled this to me. And then I have modeled it to my sons as best I can. And I've spoken it over and over and over again. I want them to build this legacy where the marriages are so strong because they've modeled exactly the order everything should be in. And so that's incredibly important to me. I've struggled with the whole financial legacy because sure, I want to leave like a lot behind, but I also want to live and I want to live abundantly and I want to live a rich life. One of our family values is experiences over things. Mm -hmm. And so I want to really leave that legacy of the ramages. What we do is we have incredible experiences. And so I don't want to leave my kids with a, a bajillion bucks. Mm-hmm. I want them to learn work ethic and I want them to strive and do the work and, and feel accomplished for what they have. So uh, for me, it has a lot more to do around 
my belief system and, and the most important relationship we ever have outside of God. And that's our spouse. I love it. And, and, you know, one thing I want to point out that you said is, you know, cause so many people think legacy and the leaving money and assets and all that good stuff behind, but, you know, in a sense, and it's just depending on how much money you make, I guess, but it's like you said, like experiences over things and you want to live abundantly. You want to live a great life. And you, you can't do that if you're always squirreling away for your kids, you know, and also you're going to handicap them. There, there's 100%. no way around it. If I know that I've got $2 million when I graduate college, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm just living off the interest or whatever. I'm always going to have probably a 10 K income, you know, uh, or a six figure income that's going to come to me without me doing anything, you know? Yeah. And that's no I, way to leave anybody. Yeah. I was just listening to Patrick Bet David on the Rogan podcast and he was, I haven't got through it yet, but he was just starting to talk about, he had his team um, research financial legacy, research like the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers and all these um, people I don't know, but he's like, we looked at like how long did their financial legacy last? Usually it was one generation, boom, gone, wasted yeah. drugs, women, yeah, gambling, throwing money away, all those things. But um, I'm just getting to the point, but he's like, there, there was a family he mentioned that was seven generations of wealth moved on. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that because I don't, I'm okay. If I leave, you know, a hundred million dollars behind, I just want it to be done in a way where that yeah. there's a legacy built that is far, far, far more important and more yeah. um, structured than money. It really cannot be about the money. It might be about what yeah. that opportunity gives, but that's that's what's really interesting to me when it comes to money and legacy. It makes sense because if you know you're going to leave this, can't help it. You know you're going to leave this seven-figure inheritance behind, whether it's in assets or cash, mm -hmm. then you literally have to spend that your you know, their whole youth preparing them to be responsible with that. And you have to do it through some scarcity. You got to create challenge. You got to create adversity so that when they do benefit from that and they, they have that, uh, I guess, security, um, they appreciate it. It's not expected, you know? And I think that's through modeling. And I, I don't, I don't know if we're running out of time, but I do want to, I want to tell a little story. Um, a year, two years ago, my son, who's now 19, we we're sitting at dinner table, something we do. We have dinner together as family. He doesn't live with us anymore, but um, we were talking and I, and I announced to the kids, I'm like, Hey, you know, we've been doing okay business-wise, but we have just hit some, I, in my business, I hit some hard times, mm -hmm. maybe two, three years ago. And I said, you're going to notice we're, we're having to pull back a little bit. We're going to have to be a little tighter with money. We're going to kind of have to focus. And I don't want you to feel like that's the end of the road. Mm -hmm. And your dad's going to work. So the reason I'm, I tell my boys every, every failure and hiccup that's coming, yeah. they know. And so I said, but I'm going to work through this and it's going to be very temporary. I'm going to work hard. You're not going to see me as much because I'm going to be working in my office like long yeah. hours because this is incredibly important to me. So I had that conversation with him. And then my oldest had a conversation with my wife offline a little bit. She goes, he goes, I am really sad. 
And she said, why? He goes, because I see all of my friends and nobody I know, nobody I've ever seen works as hard as you or dad. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I feel like you, you guys should be just mega millionaires right now compared to other people. And he says, it's really frustrating to me. And uh, my wife said, you know what? We're not worried. We're not worried. And, and, and so what, why do I tell that story is because what does he want to do? He wants, he wants to be a business owner Mm -hmm. and he has watched and he's watched the, like the last two, three years of my life where I've made some major changes and actually all, you know, everything's going very well. And, um, but that, how, how important is that lesson over like, Hey, we got, we got a lot of money. Dad just goes to work nine to five. What is that teaching? And so I'm not saying everybody has to be an entrepreneur, but there's so many little lessons that can be learned and legacies in the way that we act and respond to situations and then talk through it with our kids and let them see from the inside out that things are happening for us, not to us. And this is reality. And this is how we overcome. I love it because most, most kids get either they're in poverty or they get the, Oh, everything looks good on the outside and on the inside is depression, debt, a failed marriage and um, everything else. But you got, you got an Xbox, you go, go on family vacations, you got nice cars, you got a bigger house, you know, but we have this conversation they, all the time. they are freaking slaves to the job and to yep. the debt, you know? And, uh, when your kids get older, they'll see through that now and talk to them from day one. My son Mm -hmm. was on, he came back from uh, spring. We we were coming back from spring vacation first day in school. And he's like, one of my friends went to Florida. It was his birthday. So they went to Florida. He got a new Apple watch, a new um, MacBook pro and a new iPhone. And I'm like, Oh, well, how's that make you feel? He's like, well, I mean, I'm like, and so we had this conversation and the realization was, I don't think he's very happy. So we had that conversation about like, we yeah. could do that for you. We absolutely could do that for you. We could drive a car like they drove, but internally mm-hmm. we might be, that's not where we put our values. So you have to understand where families put their value and yeah. whether that leads to joy or happiness or fulfillment. Um, typically those things don't. And we come back on that conversation all the time and having older kids, I now have the insight because they're like, Hey, like we never focused on what we didn't have. We just had a really happy home and we noticed that other kids did not have happy homes. Yeah. And so your kids will see it, man. 100% brother. Yeah. They'll see the hard work. Awesome, man. Well, it's been a fantastic podcast. I appreciate you coming on and sharing all the value about the VP leverage versus the VA leverage. (laughs) We're, We're upgrading the game here. Absolutely. And um, of course, you know, kind of your purpose, your men's events and you know, sharing that that in, inside the legacy that you want to build as well has been fantastic, man. I think the listeners got a ton about you. So thank you. If you guys want to follow Scott, make sure you do that. Look at the show notes there. You can see the social media links as well as um, his website for Brotherhood of the Fatherhood and uh, enjoy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you coming on, Scott. Thank you, brother. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. 
Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.